we are the Fernandeses, and we are, as the pastor said, originally from Argentina in South America. Uh, but we have served for almost 19 years now as missionaries in Central America, in Costa Rica. Our family is made up of our youngest son, Andres, is 26 years old. He's a youth pastor in a rowing local church in, uh, in San Jose, um, still home. Uh, also, he helped us a lot with the technical issues in the seminary. Juan uh, got married with Stephanie. She's from Michigan. They live in uh, Washington State. Uh, he's also a youth pastor in Washington State. Um, has two kids, Diego and Dalia, and we love them. Monica is an ordained elder in the church. is a good preacher. is a teacher. Also, is a writer. She designed a, a program for teaching people and discipling people. So Monica is a very gifted person, and I'm very glad for for her. I'm very thankful for the Lord, to the Lord for her. After, <clears throat> um, you know. Monica and I are third generation Nazarenes in Argentina. Third generation Nazarenes. Uh, our grandparents met Jesus through the missionaries that came from this country in the years 20s and 30s. Think about that for a moment. For a moment. In other words, we are not a missionary tale, tale that some missionary tells you about the field or a missionary story that uh, you can read in a book. We are the fruit. We are the living result of the missions that you have made. Um, we are the result of your faithfulness and your parents, great-parents, and great-great-parents' faithfulness to the call of God to mission. That's why every, every time we visit this country, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for uh, not waiting that all this huge country being evangelized before thinking on people overseas. Thank you for understanding that you had to make disciples here, but also at the same time at the ends of the earth. And you got there in Paragonia, Argentina, which many people consider the end of the earth, very close to the South Pole. And I met Nazarene missionaries there. Um, so I have an eternal debt with you. As you know, many, as you probably know, many new things are happening in world missions today. When I was a little kid, all missionaries came from either, for, from either the UK or the US. Those were descending countries. But today, in the Church of the Nazarene, we have missionaries from about 40 different nationalities. 
It's a new day for the church. And we are Nazarene global missionaries from Argentina serving in Central America. And today, let me tell you, we want to be the best missionaries we can be to pay back. To pay back at least a little bit but all you did for us. So thank you, thank you very much. So if I will have just one slide to show you today, this will be the slide. I am the slide. I am the story of missions. I am the story. And thank you. Thank you very much for being faithful. We live in Costa Rica. Costa Rica is a small, small country. Um, very friendly people there. There is something interesting in Costa Rica. In Costa Rica, you can uh, have your breakfast in the Pacific Coast, drive your car, and having lunch in the Caribbean side. So, enjoying both sides in the same, in the same day. It's a land of volcanoes. We have nine active volcanoes. During the day, this one looks pretty quiet, right? But in the night, it's another story. You can see the, the lava and the burning roads. It's, it's pretty amazing. As another, you can go to the top and see the, the volcano from the top. This is the larger, the second one, the larger crater in the world. It's in Costa Rica, the Poas Volcano. We have famous rainforest in Costa Rica. Huge trees also. Beautiful falls. We have more than 850 different kinds of birds in Costa Rica. People from everywhere in the world come to Costa Rica just for watching birds. Something interesting. Twenty-five percent of the entire land in Costa Rica are protected areas. Nobody can touch anything there. Twenty-five percent of the entire country. We have some no-so-friendly. Animals, You know, sometimes you are driving your car, crossing a bridge, river, and you can, you can see a sign, don't swim here. You know why? Uh, the largest one in, in the world, Coco Drive, are in Costa Rica, according to the Nat Geo channel and, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> a work and witness team member that never came back to Costa Rica. No, I'm just kidding with you. That's, that, is, that one is not poison, but I never tried that. Just in case. Our seminary has a beautiful campus of 15 acres. It's very green because it rains in Costa Rica. It rains a lot in Costa Rica. But, uh, you know, for me, it, it, this time it uh, doesn't like, uh, like San Diego. It doesn't look like San Diego, right? Because raining is not 
very often here, but in Costa Rica it rains eight to nine months every day. Every afternoon it rains it's in Costa Rica uh, a couple of hours. So keep the country very green. Our seminary serves um, 20 countries in Latin America. We are working with different with residential students, decentralization. We also have the Seminario Nazareno Virtual, working through online education uh, for Spanish and Portuguese, and now starting next month for English. And we are also hoping, making an alliance with the French world in the Church of the Nazarene for, uh, you know, enlarging this alliance to serving more and better the students in different kinds of of uh, places. We have a student from Antarctica in Argentina. No other way to study, only through Seminario Nazareno Virtual, online education. But also we have video conferencing, we have more than 800 students all across Latin America. We serve to the master level for all Latin America and um, also other programs. You can see all I am going um, faster here, some graduations. Uh, we have more than 120 associated professors uh, helping us. They are currently pastors helping us um, teaching. There are some projects you can be being involved into. Uh, work and witness, of course. You can, we have different projects there. We, you, have, um, you can be in, uh, involved. Uh, we have also the project SOS, Send One to Send Us. You can support one or two uh, students that can afford the studies. Um, we are teaching to people in places uh, where they are in survival conditions. So you can be a great helpful to them. Also, we have the Spanish language school called Christian Academy of Language of Learning. If you like a Spanish lear, lear, uh, language, you can come to Costa Rica for two weeks or three months. It's up to you, and you can improve your Spanish skills there in our seminary in Costa Rica. So thank you for, for praying for us. The story that I am going to talk to you about today is about two of our students, which we have been discipling, working with very closely these last few years, and with whom we have become friends. In fact, their children call Monica and I as their aunt and uncle, and we love them as if we were family. Leila, uh, the woman, is pastoring a local church there in Costa Rica and also working in missions, uh, working helping the people in the remote areas in Costa Rica, um, the Indian people there, and doing a terrific job. But just, just a few years ago, just a few years ago, Jorge and Leila were a couple living in sin with their family at the edge of the abyss, at the edge of destruction. Ch 
just a few years ago. How is this possible? Hard to believe, right? Let me tell you their story. Jorge and Leila Fuentes were the leaders of a growing philosophical and humanistic movement in Costa Rica around the 90s. Jorge is an Argentine chemist that has more than 30 years living in Central America. Leila is from Costa Rica. They came to our seminary one day not to receive theology classes, but to learn tennis. Sometimes the seminaries can teach tennis too, you know? So Leila and Jorge came, but somebody invited them to come to church. Leila came first. Um, Leila, who had been a Christian when she was very young, soon became a very good friend of my wife, Monica. It didn't take long until Leila opened up her heart to Monica and told her about the many problems she had at her home, especially the fact that Jorge was cheating on her and the jealousy problem, problems. The separation date was set because the situation was terrible. Their children were suffering a lot and were starting to rebel against their parents. You know, one day I was in my office working. I called her, show up, and told me, Ruben, I have a gun here, and today I will kill my wife. That was the situation. The situation, the best advice for, the, for them would be, you know, to separate, to divorce. Everything was a disaster in that house. But with the excuse that we are from Argentina, like Jorge, we invited them to eat at our house. And very soon, we establish a close relationship, very close relationship with the Fuentes family. Let me tell you, the best thing, the best way for making new disciples for Christ is becoming friends. We need to be friends of people in order to reach them for Christ. Well, to make the story short for you, uh, a few months later, Jorge and Leila asked forgiveness for their sins and became disciples of Jesus. Christ started to live inside their home. The Lord saved this family and their children and they started to live a new story filled with happiness and harmony 
you know, we have a we have a video where especially Leila thanks us a lot for what we mean in her life. But we don't think it is necessary to show it. You know why? Because we didn't do anything. We just took the time for being with them, listening them, praying with them, and the Lord did the rest. Amen. You know, this is the center of my presentation this morning. The Lord always does the rest if we are faithful. But we need to be faithful. We need to do our part. Well, Leila and Jorge got married in the Church of the Nazarene because they, they were not married. And together they started studying theology at the seminary. The life of their family changed completely. Jorge and Leila soon became Sunday school teachers and at the local church and also became leaders of, the, of missions and discipleship for the central district of the Church of the Nazarene in Costa Rica. But in the year 2002, something happened. In a lay retreat at the seminary, the entire Fuentes family felt a call from God to ministry. There, in the same gym, where a few years ago they went to learn tennis, remember? In the same place, they committed their whole life to Jesus Christ. And this one is a real picture of that key moment in their lives. You can see Leila crying here, Jorgito, and Pablo is coming, and there is Jorge in the altar too. The whole family. Two years later, the Fuentes were invited to become the pastors of the local church of El Alto, which functions inside the facilities of the seminary at that some time ago was one of the stronger churches in the, in the district but because of many reasons the attendance had decreased to only 10 to 15 people when the Fuentes went there and a few months later the church had grown to around 70 people they have also opened up several family groups through different places in town, um, also helping with the many people in needs in town. They are also uh, having a ministry among the Indians, as I told you before, uh, reaching people in the jungle, walking, walking for hours in the mountain, Costa Rica mountains, in the Caribbean side, reaching people there that never heard about the name of Jesus, even today. And they are becoming Christians because Jorge's and Leila's testimony. 
we have a great God. Don't you think so? We have a great God. Let's see a short video. It's a homemade video of uh, what the, the church looked under Layla's ministry. This is a beautiful Spanish song. It says, The only one reason for my worship I only are you, my Lord. My only one motive to live are you, Jesus. My only truth is in you. You are my light and my salvation. My only love are you, my Lord. Forever I will worship you. You are todopoderoso, almighty. You are great. You are majestic. You are strong, invincible. There is nobody like you, Lord. Todopoderoso, almighty. can see the Jesus film showings different places where they are working and you will see also some baptism in the jungle
As you can imagine, I have seen this video many times, but it's still hard, believe me, it's still hard for me watching it without crying. Because I met them before. That house was in chaos. Everything was like a battlefield. We have a great God. We have a great God. The Fuentes are just one example of the many families that have been changed through the power of God in the Mesoamerica region. One of the biggest crises that humankind faces today is the family crisis. Millions of families have been destroyed and millions of families are about to get destroyed because they live each day in hell like the Fuentes used to live. The modern family faces many crises. For instance, there is the economic crisis. In Latin America, 39% of the entire population lives each day with less than $2. And 18% live with less than $1. The situation forces many children to go out looking for a job. In El Salvador, for example, one of the smallest, the smallest country in Central America, there are more than 250,000 working children in the streets. They work an average of 13 hours a day, and half of them don't study or only have a get second grade education. This obviously creates an educational crisis. In many countries of our continents, there is a high percentage of people that don't know how to read or write. But above all, there is a moral crisis. Globally, three of every ten women are victims of abuse and rape inside their home. In many Central American countries, abuse inside the families is present in up to 43% of the homes. Due to the violence and the economic situation of their homes, thousands of people from Mexico and Central America, South America, leave their family, their countries, and move to a foreign country, sometimes to Europe, sometimes here to the U.S., on an international scale, half of the official marriages end in divorce, and half of those stay together only because of the children or because of economic or even religious reasons. But they are no longer family. When we met Jorge and Leila a few years ago, their family was in chaos. It only seemed to be one solution, to separate, to divorce. But 
there are good news. There are good news between all these bad news that I just mentioned. The good news is that God loves families. God loves families. God had an interest in saving Jorge and Leila's marriage and had an interest in their children getting to know him. Since the creation of the first couple, God planned, had planned to have communion with families. Here we see that both Adam and Eve represented the image of God. The holy plan was that they together would learn how to know him and obey him. In fact, it was like that until they separated from him in Genesis chapter 3. From that moment, there are many biblical evidences that show that God always had a special interest in the salvation of the family. God saved Noah's family, remember? God took the time to save this family by showing them have how to make the arrangements they needed for the flood. Through the faith of Abraham, God promises to bless all the families in this world through his descendant, Jesus Christ. When the family of Israel were freed from the slavery of Egypt, the commandment of God was that a lamb was separated and eaten at Easter, one lamb for each family. And finally, the promise of the jailer in Philippi. Remember? When he asked, what do I have to do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your family shall be saved. Is your family saved today? All of them have met Jesus. Thinking back, to Leila and Jorge's testimony, the change they experienced is almost unbelievable, isn't it? How can you go in such a short time from living in sin at the edge of the abyss to a happy Christian home with more love than ever for one another? How is this possible? How can children who just a few years ago rebelled against their parents daily now be things serving the Lord and obeying and respecting their parents. How is this possible? How can a couple of leaders who were teaching people self-sufficient humanistic hope, you are your own God, human being can do everything, those kind of leaders, now being pastors in the Church of the Nazarene, teaching people you can do anything separated from God. 
how is this possible in such a short time? Well, the answer is simple, but deep at the same time. Only God can do it. Only God. God loved Jorge and Leila's family. He wanted to save that couple, wanted them to have communion with him, and that their children could know him and obey him as well. He loves families. And he wants to reach the whole family as a unit. God is looking for families. Let me finish with a story. Actually, it's a long, long, long story, but I will, make, I will make it for you a short, short, short one, I promise. It was December 16, 1909. After several months aboard a ship, an American couple, Frank and Lula Ferguson, arrived in Buenos Aires. They had sold their home in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and taken that money for paying, for chasing the tickets. They paid for their own tickets for becoming the first missionaries in Argentina. From 1910 to 1913, the Ferguson's worked without any kind of support. No salary, no benefits, no war mission department, nothing. But they managed to share Christ through the distribution of Bibles. The Fergusons, according to the story, their they house was just a small room. They didn't even have a bed. Sometime some after they arrived, someone gave them a mattress and a nightstand, which they used for years. The Ferguson started celebrating services in Villa Modelo, a neighborhood in the city of Buenos Aires. But they, they received the news that because of the crisis here, in the in the twenties in the states, they the church told them you need to come back. Back then the church was sending funds for them, but they said you need to come back. We can't support you any longer. But they said it it doesn't matter. We are staying here. We love these people and we are working here without salary, no problem. So this, this woman, Susan and Fitkin, raised through the woman in the missionary society back then, many years ago, the amount for keeping the missionaries in Argentina through fasting, placing in the offering the money for the fasting. It's, a, it's another amazing story, but I don't have time for that one. 
So the Ferguson stay there and continue working in Villa Modelo. That's what, where Juan and Emilia Comandú, an Italian couple, got saved. And they were so excited for becoming disciples of Jesus. And they say, uh, Mrs. Fer Miss, Mr. Ferguson, we live in another neighborhood, the Belgrano neighborhood, in this huge city of Buenos Aires. Could you come there to have some evangelistic gatherings? Missionary said, yes, of course. Invite your friends, your family to the main square. I am going there next Saturday. So, to make the story short for you, the missionary went there, and among the neighbors, the commandos invited, was Josefina, another immigrant, a young mother. Josefina heard the message, and she raised her hand and was baptized. It was 1924. But Josefina didn't stay there. The Ferguson's immediately opened up a Sunday school class at the Commandus house. So Josefina brought he, her little kid, Felipe, eight-year-old boy. And Felipe had a great Sunday school teacher who, at the end of the class, asked him, Felipe, would you like to pray for Jesus cleaning up your heart? And Felipe said, yes, I want to. And the Sunday school teacher prayed with him, and Felipe got saved that day. And that little boy didn't stay there. He brought his two sisters to church, and they also became disciples of Jesus. I finally, he invited over and over his dad, an stubborn Spaniard, and Finally, he came to church and also got saved. And all that family changed forever. Felipe grew up and grew up and grew up and met a lady named Ines in the church of the Nazarene. They got married. They have six children. I am one of them. It's an old picture, right? <laughs> and this one. Fourteen grandchildren. A whole family serving the Lord in different areas in the church. Felipe, my father, passed away a few years ago. The Lord allowed me being there in Buenos Aires with him before he passed away. He left me the best legacy. He left me 80 years walking with the Lord. 80 years being faithful to the Lord. Do you think the Fergusons imagine that a grandson of Josefina, that young mother, that day in the park, in the main square, a young mother, an immigrant. Who cares about the immigrant? Especially back then in Buenos Aires, was terrible. The discrimination among the immigrants. An immigrant, not very well educated. 
Do you think they imagined that the grandson of her would be a global missionary in the Church of the Nazarene 90 years later? I doubt it. I don't think so. The only thing they did was being faithful. And the Lord did the rest. Amen? Remember, God always does the rest if we are faithful. But we need to be faithful. We need to do our part in the right time with the right person, in the right way. The Lord works 90, 100 years in advance. We don't know about the people around us, but we need to be faithful. Do you think that Sunday school teacher knew that uh, most of the 14 grandchildren, there are more now, there's an old picture, but uh, you know, all the, almost the whole family will be all committed Christians 90 years later? Again, I doubt it. The only thing he did was be faithful. He believed it was worthy to pray with that little boy that Sunday morning. And the Lord did the rest. And I tell you, I am grateful for that Sunday school teacher. Because of him, I am here today. Because of him. Because he was faithful. There are many families in our world, like Jorge and Leilas. They are hungry to know about the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes they are across the globe, but sometimes they are across the street. The Lord needs missionaries for across the globe, but also needs missionaries for across the street. They all are hungry to know about him. The way the church is growing in Latin America, let me tell you, in Latin America, all the Christian churches together are growing three times faster than the population. The way the church is growing today these people, these sinners, are going to be our pastors in five years or ten years. They just don't know. They don't know why they are going to be our pastors. They are sinning every day. But it's in God's plan. We need to do our part. We need to be faithful. The question is, what will we do? What will we do? Who are willing to leave everything behind and go, like the Fergusons from Bowling Green, Kentucky? Who are willing to pray and to give and to support in many other ways for others to go? Those are the questions before us this morning. Will you stand with me, please? And I will ask Pastor D. Pastor, could you come forward and come in and pray for us?